0: are here with Matthew Lewis, who is a U.S. US Army veteran. Um, He's going to talk to us about his career, his transition, um, and a lot about his mindset towards success. And um, really excited to have you here on the show. Matthew, how's everything going?
1: All right, Robert, trying to make our way through the COVID world like everybody else. Uh, Appreciate you having me and I look forward to sharing my story with your audience.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the questions we typically ask Matt is, "What's your military veteran blueprint?" Uh,
1: Well, uh, by blueprint, I'll uh, I'll kind of give you a thumbnail sketch of my background, then I'll kind of get into my transition, if you will, uh, at least how I laid it out back in the day, uh, (laughs) since I I tend to have a few gray hairs here. uh, But how I how I've brought that forward to today in my attempt to help uh, this generation of of veterans. Uh, So, you know, I got into the service via uh, the military academy. So I'm I'm a West Point graduate. Uh, Truth be told, I uh, was a football recruit and had my eyes set on playing Division 1A football back in the day. Uh, But it got up there, the the football career didn't quite pan out. Uh, But, you know, as a graduate, obviously you're uh, a commissioned officer in the Army. And uh, that took on a a whole new life, uh, a, a new a career, as it were, and a new commitment to uh, service to the nation, and all that that entailed um, a, a whole different rationale than I had actually coming into it. Uh, I was commissioned as uh, an armor officer, so uh, tanks and those sorts of things. I spent five years active duty, another 16 in the reserves, uh, ultimately retiring a number of years back as a lieutenant colonel. Um, so I've kind of made two transitions. I'll talk you through the, the first one was far more difficult and that's leaving active duty, you know, back when I got out and I'm going to date myself here going way back to the the mid uh, nineties, there really was little to no support system in place. Uh, The army at that time had a a course called the army career and alumni program, ACAP for short. It was in its infancy. It's administered literally in your last five days on active duty when, you know, you've got thousands of other things going on. Um, it, It was, uh, not to disparage it or, or the service, but it's a bit of an exercise in the blind leading the blind. Uh, I, I got very little out of it and it didn't help me much, uh, uh in transitioning. So in its place, I kind of had to invent my own way forward. And, you know, it's not unique to me. Every veteran of my generation had to, to go through the same thing. Uh, and so for me that, uh, took the form of a number of different exercises from a number of different books at the time. A key one among them was, uh, what color is your parachute by Dick Bowles? What worked you through a, a series of exercises to help you understand who you are and, and who you want to be, uh, which is absolutely critical uh, to finding your, your next step in the world. Uh, and I make that point in, in my book, uh, which just to pivot for a moment and speak to that I've, Kind of codified all these lessons over the years into a, a field manual uh, so for your listening audience if you're mm-hmm. struggling with uh, transition or pondering what transition might look like you know don't take my word for it everyone that's read it said it's uh, the best book on transition out there it's it's called mission transition uh, but i wrote it as a field manual it is crawl walk run, step one two three exactly as you would experience in the military regardless of your service and um, so anyway, that, that's what helped me begin to find my way, but trust me, not without an incredible amount of frustration. Uh, my transition vehicle to the real world was graduate school. And uh, my Lord, <laughs> trying to, <laughs> to make sense of the three-letter acronym Jimrish I was used to speaking with folks conducting those interviews at, at these graduate schools was an uh, incredibly difficult exercise, my my wife would sit down and quiz me time and time and time again until I started to sound like a, a rational individual. Uh, it, it took some doing. So I, I've been there and then, you know, later in my career, I transitioned from the reserves, but that that one was a bit easier because I've been working in the civilian world for so long
0: already. It's amazing. So, um, while you were in graduate school, what were some of the things that you really attribute to, you know, your success, um, you know, why you were basically trying to go from the military veteran transition to graduate school. Then the next step was probably to get a job. What was your thought process there?
1: Yeah. So I guess let me lay a little bit of context as to why even uh, left back in the mid 90s. These were just to uh, open up the history books for a, a minute or two. These were the Clinton <laughs> drawdown years post first Gulf War. And uh, the, in terms of focus and financial support and military and whatnot, I didn't see, you know, long-term growth as a career in the service. And so that's why I began to pivot and consider life on the outside in the course of doing so. Like I said, uh, reading Dick Bowles' What Colors Your Parachute, the exercises I went through, it was the outcome of those exercises that helped me not only begin to understand graduate school as a transition vehicle, but what to focus on. Within grad school and beyond. Um, so, grad school, I ended up majoring in uh, operations and finance. Uh, I saw graduate school as a vehicle to do a couple things simultaneously. One was to uh, obtain a skill set that heretofore I didn't have. I knew coming out of the military, I, I did a bit of job shadowing. Um, informational interviewing, sitting down with people in the real world, asking them, you know, what they do on a daily basis, I quickly recognized that there's no way I could pivot directly from what I was doing in the service, you know, going tank gunneries and shooting <laughs> big rounds downrange, to sitting in front of uh people in a, in a business and it makes sense of what I was trying to say. So I saw grad school as a means to uh, pick up additional skills and in the course of doing so, rub elbows with folks that had been living in the real world uh, the the whole time I was in the service and kind of, you know, pick their brains, discover some of their lessons learned so I wouldn't have to relearn them. in, in the course of doing that informational interview, I, I initially thought I wanted to be focused on human resources because, you know, in, in the service we're all about people. Right, you know, we right. don't we don't lead things; we lead people. Uh, but it came to find out that you know what's called human resources isn't necessarily that. I mean, you can lead basically any field. And as I start to learn more about myself, learn that you know I'm at at heart I'm an operator, and so I focused on operations. I thought finance, I need that kind of skill to understand business because I didn't have that before. And so that's how it translated into my corporate experience. You know, my initial roles in the corporate world were at places like Procter & Gamble and General Electric uh, where I worked in the supply chain and operations, be it purchasing, uh, distribution, manufacturing, what have you. I covered the entire value chain as it were in those initial experiences.
0: That's awesome. There's so much there because it seems like the thought process was, okay, let's do some networking. Let's gain some extra skills. Let's um, also learn through osmosis. These are things that a lot of really successful uh, military veterans have done. And I feel like success always leaves clues. And you know, looking at your background, it seems as though your resume basically reads like the perfect resume of somebody that <laughs> really thought, uh, thought really, uh, really thought about the the steps you were making in your career. Um, you know, going from the army to grad school to Procter and Gamble to GE, some of the biggest companies in the world, of course. Um, and now, are you currently at Deloitte? Yeah,
1: that's right. And that's that's well said, Robert. Uh, I wasn't as intentional back in the day as, as I might have been now. Again, a lot, of, a lot of lessons learned along the way uh, that I've tried to codify and put in the hands of everybody out there doing the same. Uh, yeah, I, I transitioned. I've been at, what, uh, about 16 years now. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked all around the firm. Uh, in a word, I'm a consultant, uh, <laughs> leveraging my past experiences
0: and, uh, and other areas in which I've worked. That's awesome. And it seems like the world of consulting, there's so much there, you know, so many different verticals and things like that. Um, could you, could you try to uh, explain to us what consulting means or, and what it's like to work at a company such as Deloitte? Because I know that, um, you know, when you're transitioning, that's one of the top companies that a lot of veterans see and, and basically try to go after. Um, how would you, how would you, categorize uh, working as a consultant at Deloitte?
1: Yeah, so consulting is a field where you as an individual and normally as part of a team, it's rare that you would do a gig where you're the only individual on a project, Uh, but you as part of a team work with your clients who tend to be fairly senior executives in the corporate world and helping them resolve some of their most complex challenges. Things that you know, they couldn't resolve internally. Otherwise there would be no reason for hiring you. And to your point, I mean, those challenges take on pretty much any form in any field, uh, in any industry. So uh, Deloitte is among the big four, um, in terms of accounting firms, it's the largest professional services firm in the world. And uh, without going too far, down a rat hole on the, the construction of, of the firm, they largely focus on tax, uh, consulting, risk advisory, and audit. Um, consulting being the, the largest of those four divisions, if you will. Um, I don't know how deep you want to go into the lifestyle of, of a consultant, but um you, know, you, you can work in, in the federal area, you can work in the commercial sector, and uh, life as a consultant tends to be one where you're on the road a lot. Uh, if you're in the federal space, you don't travel as much. If you're in the commercial space, you tend to be on the road most of the time, uh, although in this uh, COVID and post-COVID world, what that actually looks like r- remains to be seen, uh, but uh, th- that
0: tends to be the,
1: the way of the world there.
0: That's awesome. And I understand that you're doing, uh, you're basically starting up another career as well, or you, you've been doing it. Um, could you talk a little bit about what you're doing now as well?
1: Sure. I, I've had a, a, a separate legal entity standing for over a decade now. Uh, it's known as Lewis Advisors, it, it encompasses all of the work I do around my published. Uh, works and uh, related sort of things. I, I mentioned my book earlier, Mission Transition, published by HarperCollins last September. It's a practical guide for veterans okay. and families in career transition. Uh, that's uh, the first one. It's out there. Folks can feel free to check out my website. I've got a second uh, book in work. Uh, it's tentatively called Hiring Veterans. It's uh, focused on the other, the other half of the civil military divide. My purpose behind all this, you know we, we I think you 're trying to, to get at what 's purpose or mission uh, you know my My purpose these days is to eradicate the civil military divide in the country and i 'm doing that through three parallel lines of effort: uh, the first being the first book focused on the military side, the second uh, book focused on the civil side the The third uh, line of effort is acting as an advocate for uh, what are called veteran collaboratives and helping address veteran suicide along the way. Recently published a white paper that directly correlates an incomplete or unsatisfactory transition with post 9-11 veteran suicide. And so if we can address that root cause, we can begin to move the needle on, you know, 20, 20 22 a day, pick your study. And veteran collaboratives are key to enabling that uh, in concert with the VA's new ETS sponsorship program which is in its pilot stage. But if we can scale that and connect uh, that activity and channeling veterans before they leave the base or post at their last duty station to these veteran collaborative entities in the local community and get them properly situated and employers in a career fit of their choice, not only will it help eradicate uh, the, the suicide issue and help the civil military divide be minimized, Studies show that veterans will more than double their career earnings, their rates of retention, and job satisfaction. It's an incredibly powerful thing. It's moving a lot of mountains uh, in industry around the country, but uh, we're on our way, and we're going to get there.
0: That is incredible, and I really feel like a purpose-driven approach to anything you do is always really important, and I think that's probably the longest – things like that have the longest – legs essentially um and i totally can identify with uh transitioning military veterans basically being in a really dark space right after transitioning out of the military that's part of the reason why we started this podcast um could you talk a little bit about some key insights that you've seen for you know a lot of bright veterans that you know find themselves in these difficult positions
1: yeah. Uh, so first, let me speak to the, your point around motivation. It's precisely why I wrote the first book. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I told you about my experience coming out. You know, be, knowing that I had landed somewhat successfully, uh, I started reaching back and helping folks with kind of my own little process I came up with. And over the years, this thing just built and grew. Well, you know, fast forward a couple of decades, and now I've got blood brothers and sisters coming out that have literally devoted their and their families and die entire adult lives to service to the nation. And in spite of, you know, the improvements in the, the TAP programs and what have you, they're still largely left fending for themselves It's a bit of a conundrum. And that's kind of what... Uh, you know, anger is among the strongest emotions. And for me, that's kind of what straw broke Campbell's back. They told me, all these people I've been trying to help, uh, not only thanks, but look, you need to scale this. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Well, I finally took them up on their advice. So that, that that's the genesis behind the first book. To, to your question, I, I guess, let me dig into three reasons why I think veterans really struggle in transitioning to the civilian workforce and uh, key things that I emphasize or speak to uh, in the book. First and foremost is the, you know, the the mission first culture of the military, largely preventing folks from uh, taking time to focus on who they are before they consider what. I I made reference to this earlier when I was talking about Dick Bowles, who being, what are your personal passions? uh, What are your strengths? What gets you out of bed in the morning such that if you can identify that and associate a career with it, you won't ever go to work. A day in your life, right? You, you'll you go uh, fulfill your, your passion every day. Um, right. I mean, imagine how great that would be. Rather than what, what would be, you know, my MOS, my uh, skill identifier from the military, put it into a skills translator, and, you know, look at me for an example. I was an armor guy. Putting that MOS in, I should have been a a truck driver or a cop or uh, you know, something else. No, nothing wrong with those professions, but it's not right. at all what I saw for myself or what I wanted to be. And so, you know, focus on who versus what and spending time to do that first. You're going to be more successful. Actually, studies have shown you're going to be 84% successful if you focus on who, if you just focus on what, you're only going to be 28% successful. So that's point one. Second is, Understand the civil military gap that you're going to encounter coming out of the service. You may not appreciate the, the depth of this gap. Let me throw some stats at you. One you always hear less than one half of 1% of the country served on active duty in any time post nine right. 11. Uh, even, even more, if you look at say the fortune 1000 uh, who are the entities, you know, in large cap businesses uh, who have the jobs to which veterans aspire a good many of them, Uh, What percentage of them do you think actually have any military experience whatsoever? You know, and and just to give you some context, this group, I'll go all the way back to 1980. uh, The the percentage of these that had veteran experience was somewhere between 35 and 40 percent, a large chunk of that running the corporate world. So for the Vietnam generation, as bad as they had it socially coming back, they at least had uh, folks in the corporate world who understood who they were and what they could do. Well, fast forward to today, that percentage is now 2.5% and shrinking, we will continue to shrink for the coming three decades at least, just given the growth in population and the service and, and the American populace. And so flip those numbers around. If I'm a vet coming out and I aspire to a, a job in the corporate world, there's a 97.5% chance that the person sitting across the desk from me has no idea who I am, what I've done as a veteran, or what I can do for them. Uh, it, it, it's an incredible gap. Uh, And then third, you know, most vets coming out don't understand uh, the loss that's entailed and the cultural change that's entailed. Uh, Loss, I mean, you know, you obviously lose wearing the uniform, you wear all those medals, everything you had on your chest, all the authority that came with it. Uh, I could go down a list. There's a dozen things that you lose and you don't recognize or appreciate how it's going to actually impact you. And the flip side of that are cultural. And the last two chapters of my book speak to this. Uh, call them cultural dimensions. There's fully two dozen different cultural dimensions you're going to go through. Everything from your your purpose as an individual. You know, being um, yeah, mission driven and uh, you know, saluting the flag and all that. Being a patriot. That's as it's purpose driven as it comes. So people, I understand why people are going to struggle with that, but that's not the only one. There's almost two dozen other cultural dimensions as I call them that you're going to have to work through. And again, to the extent that you can get your hands on this and begin to put some thought to it and address it prior to walking off the base or post you're on, you're going to be so much better prepared than you would have otherwise.
0: That makes so much sense. And Are there any, I know, I mean, it sounds like you have an amazing book. Um, And aside from your book, um, are there any resources that you would recommend for veterans to use if they're in that transitioning space?
1: Oh yeah, Robert, I'm glad you asked. Um, One interesting thing I learned in writing the book is publishers have word count limits. (laughs) (laughs) I got, uh, you know, really, what end up being my second book was really intended to be the, the second half of my first book. Um, and so I got far enough along, uh, a fellow author told me to stop writing because I had one book in hand already. Uh, wow. but, but what I also found in taking it to publishers is they made me cut back a, a good chunk of what my original manuscript was. So to your question, if mm-hmm. folks go out on my website, uh, MatthewJLewis.com, Lewis is in St. Louis, they will find a bevy of resources. In fact, a quarter 25,000 words of my original manuscript are for free under resources on my website.
0: Wow, That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, a lot of people uh, that are transitioning, they have these amazing stories, um, very inspirational stories, but don't necessarily know how to distribute that content. Um, what are some things you can recommend to them to try to basically try to figure it out and maybe do what you did or and what you're doing? Well,
1: first, feel free to reach out to me. I, Being a <laughs> knowledge with this thing, I can tell you the story. I can tell you the the, 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 the bumps and everything else that I, I went into. By the way, I went through 13 rejections before I, I landed HarperCollins. This was wow. not a, an overnight success thing by any stretch. Uh, from start to finish was a, a three-year effort, about a year to write, uh, almost another year to, to land the publisher, and took them about 15 months to actually get the thing in print. So it is, it's not something you're going to do overnight. Um, There's also um, a lot of good books written out there. A book of literary agents uh, that not only talks you through how to get connected with an agent, talks you through how to write a book proposal, uh, query letters, uh, there's a book by uh, William Zinser called on writing. Uh, you know, I got a D in English my freshman year at West Point. So I, <laughs> I wasn't uh, well situated to write a book, but you know, continuous improvement is what we should all be about. And so, and you know, right. I, I took that upon myself, but yeah, anything I can do to help folks out and uh, shed light upon, you know, things that are going to help veterans transition. I'm all about that.
0: That's awesome. So, um, I really like to, you know, I know we have to wrap, but I really like to end these sessions with asking the question of, um, if there's somebody out there that is doubting their abilities or thinking, man, this isn't for me, or um, I can't do that, what would you say to that uh, professional that is transitioning, whether in the military or not?
1: Well, let me start with what veterans bring uh with them and there's been a good many studies written on this i'll call out the institute for veterans and military families at syracuse wrote an article around the you know business case for hiring a veteran and there they kind of list a a top 10 list of the the skills the characteristics that veterans bring with them do not discount who you are what you've done the skills the experience that you've gained it is all accreditive Uh, and will translate in some way, shape, or form into your future life. The the hard work, though, and and, uh, putting forth that translation has to come from you. So I would tell you, you have to start early. In my book, I advocate anywhere from from 18 to 24 months. That sounds crazy, I know, if you're in uniform, but (laughs) it literally takes you that long to work through the process, understand who you are, what you want to be, get the networking, get the resume put together, and, and all the other pieces that are part of the process I I document in the book. Uh, Don't doubt for a second uh, that you're incapable. Second point I would make is utilize your tribe. Whether you realize it or not, you have on the outside here, whether it's myself, Robert, or the millions of other veterans uh, out in the population, we're waiting with open arms to help you, to guide you, and to help you find your your new normal, whatever that's going to be. And then I guess the last point I'd make is you know, take advantage of the resources that are out there. There's a ton more uh, than existed when I came out, again, i'll I'll put forth my book, but you know there there is the the Sea of goodwill, as they call it. Now that can be problematic as well. In order to help navigate the sea of goodwill, I would urge you to utilize veteran collaboratives. And if if you're curious as to what those are, there's items on my website and and in my book, but these collaboratives can be your most valuable combat multiplier, if you will, as you leave the base or post to try to find your way in your local community.
0: That's amazing. Thanks a lot for that, Matt. Um, And so we have Matt Lewis, Matthew Lewis, who is a speaker and advisor and an author who is an incredible wealth of information who is basically, he literally said, (laughs) uh, you know, I'm waiting with open arms to try to help other military veterans in transition. So um, Matt, thank you for your time today on today's call. Um, One more thing, how can people reach out to you?
1: My pleasure, Robert, and again, thank you for having me today. Uh, Best way to find me, my website, Matthew J Lewis, L O U I S as in St. Louis.com or email Matt at Matthew J Lewis.com.
0: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Matt. Well, thank you for being on the Night Sale podcast and I hope you have a good day.